Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. I had such a fun time doing the episode with Ivy last week. And to anyone who reached out saying that you enjoyed her, thank you so much. That just warms my heart. In fact, I have not done Listener of the Week in a couple episodes. So let's get back to that. And this is from Mimi Hashtag 5. And the title is Ivy. Just listen to your podcast with your sweet daughter. She has the cutest voice and is very smart. Please do another episode with her. Loved it. Thank you so much. That might be my favorite review yet just because it's about Ivy. So I posted a poll on Instagram today as to what I should do for today's episode. My procrastination has gotten the better of me and it's yet again Sunday afternoon just getting down to recording and it needs to be done at midnight. I'm not quite sure why I've been waiting until Sunday to do my solo episodes. When I have interviews, it's scheduled in advance and I will never do it on a Sunday. I always give myself several days. For whatever reason, when I'm doing a solo, I save it for Sunday. I think it's just because I have nothing else ever scheduled on a Sunday every other day there's something going on so I don't know it kind of got me thinking well maybe I should not post the podcast on Mondays but so far it's all been working out and it's been fine and I don't even know if I should be feeling this pressure to give myself several days or if I just should say Sunday is your day to record because you have nothing else to do unfortunately it's good and it's bad because then it's like I kind of lose my Sunday and that's like a day of rest I guess and maybe I need to kind of put that rest day back into my schedule I don't know I'm working it out so far it's been working I have to my surprise put out an episode every week I think we're on episode 25. So 25 weeks of this. Yay. Yay me for being consistent. Not one of my strengths. So thank you for keeping me accountable to doing something on a regular basis. What I have done as of yesterday was 75 days straight of my medium hard program. I guess technically it's over, but the way that I adjusted it, it's truly something I can do on a continual basis. I don't ever really need to stop. What does that mean? Does that mean I need to actually try the 75 hard and push myself? Or is it a win that I've found something that improves myself just slightly, but that I can do consistently forever? I'm going to ponder that and I'll get back to you. I always do these little experimental things just for the hell of it to be like, what can I learn? 
What did I learn? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't feel that I pushed myself at all. It was not difficult. So like I said, is that good or bad? Is it good because I was able to do it or is it bad that I didn't really push myself any further? I don't know. I have said this repeatedly. I probably sound like a broken record, but the water aspect was probably the water and the book reading were probably the best aspects. So to go over the points again, if whoever's listening now has not heard the previous episodes, and this will probably be the last time that I speak of it, so don't worry, it's not going to be something that I'm continually telling you about. On the regular 75 Hard program, it's 75 days straight of two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. The way I changed it was one workout a day and it's outside. So I've just been going for daily walks. If I wanted to push myself, I will do something else like weights or yoga or something like that or Pilates on my mat at home. But I just did it as one outdoor walk. That fresh air is just amazing for overall mood and anxiety and just being calm and coming up with creative ideas. Love that and that is something that I want to continue to do. I will be honest, there was probably a couple days where I don't know if it was raining or the weather wasn't good or I was just absolutely too busy that I didn't get it in. But again, the same thing with the water, the thought of like, this is something I have to do every day made me do it way more than I would have if it wasn't a thought, if it wasn't a program that I was on. Second, like I said, is the water. You have to drink a gallon of water a day. I'm just hydrated, which we all need to be. No headaches. If you are dehydrated, you'll actually lose fluid in your head. Like that's what's holding your brain in place. It's surrounded by fluid. And when that decreases, you'll get headaches. Another aspect is no alcohol for 75 days. I basically didn't touch that. And that's my regular program, which is I don't have hard alcohol. Admittedly, I am involved in a ready-to-drink mixed tequila company. The alcoholic content in these cans is 5%, which is less than some wines or beer. So I have on occasion had to taste test different flavors. So technically that's me having tequila. Okay. I suppose I can't say that I haven't had any hard alcohol, but I am not out there anymore ordering vodka sodas. Definitely not. I completely gave that up as of June 6th last year. What I will have is wine or beer, but I'm not a huge beer fan, so it pretty much comes down to wine, so whether that's like a Prosecco or something sparkling or usually just a rosé. I have had maybe a handful of wine, glasses of wine, in the 75 days. That's just the regular program that I'm on with drinking. It's been wonderful to kind of take into account how much I was drinking before and be thoughtful about it now and only do it if I truly feel like having a glass of wine. Whereas before I was completely thoughtless about it and it just kind of became habit when I'm out in a social setting, I'm drinking and I finish whatever's in my hand and I go get another one. And depending on how long I'm there, that's how much I'm drinking and it wasn't even a thought. Now I think about every single drink that I am consuming. So it's more of a special occasion. It seems to be more enjoyable. I'm never getting drunk and it's just overall better for my liver. It's healthier. I'm, you know, as we get older, we need to take care of ourselves and I want to 
be the healthiest version of myself mentally, physically. I don't want to be hung over the next day. So for me, it's just been really helpful. I'm not saying that there won't be a day in the future that I never get drunk. Who knows? I'm not saying I'm sober. This is just what works for me. And then another part of the program is reading 10 pages of a self-help book. The way that I adapted that on my program is that I listen to audiobooks and I'll listen when I'm walking or cleaning or whatever I may be doing or driving. And sometimes it's not always a book. Sometimes it's a podcast that is helpful. So if I'm learning something, I don't care where I'm getting that knowledge from, whether it be a book or an audiobook or a podcast, but it's not so strict. Like it has to be 10 pages that you physically read in a book. So that's just something I feel like I would continue to do anyway. The one part of it that I completely ignored is that you're supposed to take a photo of yourself every single day for 75 days. I just don't have a desire to do that. (laughs) I also didn't want that to be my focus. And I thought that might actually be a deterrent for me. So just knowing myself, I cut that aspect out. The last aspect is to just eat a generally healthy diet which I think I do anyway, but I upped that a little over a month ago. I think it was like end of March. So maybe almost a month into the program, I also decided to really give up the white carbs and the sugars, you know, just all the stuff that we know was unhealthy for us. And it's just me trying to be the healthiest version that I can of myself. So all in all, I think these are things that I'm going to continue to do. I know at some point I had mentioned a poll that I put up on social media. I'm not sure where I went from there or how we got here, but let me get back to that real quick. The poll was, do I edit that episode that I'd found myself just being so out of it, I could not come back with anything like quick responses, good questions. When I did ask questions, it took me forever to get it out. Just my brain was not functioning at top capacity. And I've not wanted to go back and hear that interview. I just didn't want to hear it, which means I was not able to edit it. And it's just still sitting there. I would love to get this interview out because it's with an amazing guest. So I know at some point soon, I need to just embarrass myself and hear it and edit it and do it. So the poll was, do I do that today or do I record a new one, including a story that I had posted, which was a DM exchange between me and my friend Alex. And the overwhelming results on the poll was that you all wanted to hear the story of how Alex's mom got me the most drunk that I've ever been and I fell into her bathtub. That was a really memorable night, but I followed up that DM with Alex and I said, hey, I was just about to tell this story on the podcast, but I would love for you to come on and tell it with me. So I don't know if Alex is going to come on or not. People always say, yes, they're going to come on and then it falls through. Not my, you know, professional booked guests. They always stick to the program, but it's more like the friends where it's very casual and they'll be like, yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, I forgot I had this and that. And I'll be like, no worries. I'll just do a solo. So thank goodness. Like I enjoy doing these solo episodes too, because I was supposed to have two friends on this week who forgot. One of them forgot that they had a work thing to do all week and had to reschedule. So I hate always announcing who I'm having coming up if they're my friends, because chances are they're going to reschedule. So that being said, Alex may come on she may not and we'll tell this whole story then but a part of this story was that 
It was around the holidays. Her family was in town. This is Alex from New Orleans. If you're in the Vanderpump world, you may be aware of her because she is best friends with Stassi. They're both from New Orleans. I believe they grew up together, went to the same school together. I met Alex years ago and instantly fell in love with her. She is one of the treasures of West Hollywood. One of my favorite people that I have ever met living here, living there, I should say, because I'm no longer there. She's so sweet, so funny. And the things that she just comes up with on the spot, I swear she could be a little comedian if she wanted to be. But being from New Orleans, she can drink and her family can drink. They're like professionals at it, meaning that it doesn't affect them. And I am in awe. So I was hanging out with them. Zach was there, other friend, Zach Wickham. Who else was there? Kristen, Dodie, Stassi was there, Alex's mom and dad, and I think her sister. So I was at the time dating this guy, Randy, who was in a band called Finch. You're probably saying, Jamie, what the fuck? Why are you dating all of these musicians? And that's kind of what this episode is a little bit about. But that particular night, I was very upset with Randy. And he had FaceTimed me while I was at Alex's house. And Kristen took the phone and FaceTimed with him and essentially broke up with him for me. Well, partially broke up with him for me and told him to fuck off. So anyway, all of this happening led me to today's topic because it got me thinking. He was, I think, number two of a, a string of maybe five musicians that I dated. And I, looking back, realized now I was not only attracted to them, but I was attracting them to me. So I can't insult them. I can't put them down without doing some self-reflection and asking myself, why were they attracted to me? Why did I put up with these things? And it led me to today's topic, which is water seeks its own level. And little side note, Randy's cool. He's not a jerk. He's not an asshole. If I saw him, I would give him a hug and I would say hello. All is well. And you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I'll play a Finch song in this episode. So the term water finds its own level or water seeks its own level, it's essentially a physics term which means that if there's two connected basins unencumbered by any external forces, the water will level out to be the same level in both basins. Another way to think of it or visualize it is if you had a hose, and let's say you put water into that hose and you shaped it as a U. Both sides of the U, the water level would be at the same level. Or if you think of a bathtub, when you're filling the bathtub, it's not filled up more where the faucet is letting the water out of, it will automatically all be level. And so if you take that physics principle and you kind of apply it metaphorically to a romantic relationship or any type, business, friends, anything, it's basically saying we are what we attract. We attract others who have similar issues to ourselves who reflect who we are. Now, that's not to say that if you've been with an abusive person, you are also abusive. It does not mean that at all. It doesn't mean that you are inviting that in or that you are to blame for the mistreatment whatsoever. But it does mean that there's something in you that desperately needs healing or that particular abusive situation happened over an amount of time and the reason why you continue to stay is because you've become damaged 
throughout that time and you actually need healing from that relationship, but that is still why you stay in that relationship, which is a vicious cycle, one that we are not getting into today. We're going to get more back to the part that it means that there's something in you that needs healing. And until that part is acknowledged and addressed, it's likely you're going to continue attracting the same type of people. I have always wondered if we're getting back to these string of five very similar musicians, why am I getting into the same types of relationships with different people? And I realized I had to look at myself and it can be hard to admit, but often their issues are similar to our own issues And that is why they are being attracted into our lives. Taking personal responsibility and gaining self-awareness from these types of situations is the only way to grow. If we're going to be talking about the whole concept of water seeking its own level, I 100% also want to talk about how do we raise our own level. So my personal responsibility in it is asking myself, did I keep dating these guys After I knew things weren't great, I can look at each relationship and see how I stayed, you know, the longest in the first few. And then as it progressed, it was shorter and shorter and shorter to the point where as the first red flag I saw, I was gone. And that's great because that's growth. But in the beginning, it's like, yeah, sometimes for years I put up with red flags, even though I knew that they were there. So then I have to ask myself, well, when I was putting up with those red flags, was I healthy myself? And looking back, the answer is definitely no. I wasn't doing anything I loved. I didn't have close friendships. I was lonely. I had little self-worth and I probably subconsciously didn't think I deserved someone who treated me well. And that reflected in the fact that I stuck it out even though I was in an unhealthy relationship. And I want to make it clear that not all of my relationships were terrible or abusive. I may have had one extremely abusive relationship, and I can use that to kind of reflect upon for helping others and the sake of this episode. But that doesn't mean that everyone I dated falls into that category. And like I said, if I were to see most of my exes or people that I've dated, I would hug them and wish them nothing but goodness in their lives. But I just want to make that very clear. The person that, you know, I brought up Randy earlier, in no way was that relationship abusive. But yes, I have been in another abusive situation. So just want to make that distinction before going any further. But here's the thing, getting back to what I was saying, because I stuck in unhealthy relationships far longer than I should have, that meant that there was something about me that caused me to do it. Because a healthy person is never going to date an unhealthy person for long term. And so when we look back at people that we've dated, and men do this too, maybe even more than we do, they'll say, my ex-girlfriend was crazy or just manipulative or psycho, whatever terrible terms, narcissistic, whatever terms we come up with to describe our exes, we have to understand that we dated them despite that. What did we get out of dating them? And this is where the learning and the growth comes in. And this is also where warning comes in because the last musician to enter my life, the moment he started talking about his ex-girlfriend and how psycho she is and how terrible she is and how she did all of these things to him is the moment I knew I was not going to allow myself to develop any feelings for this person. 
I knew it would never be a relationship or anything long-term. And although I could have empathy for what he had been through, I knew he was not in the place that he had healed. And in fact, he would just be looking to repeat those same situations. And therefore, he would never be happy with someone like me who has done all of this work so far to get very healthy. So I recognized he had way more work to do and he wouldn't have been ready for where I was at in my life. So just a warning to anyone, when you hear that person just like rag on their ex and it was all their fault and they were crazy and they're not taking any accountability and they haven't learned anything from it, you need to walk away right away. Unless you want a very long and tedious project on your hands that may or may not, most likely may not, result in anything good. So why do people stay in unhealthy relationships? They're definitely getting something out of it, whether they enjoy evoking pity in their friends because they're the victim. For me, looking back, I think it just confirmed how terrible I felt about myself by letting people treat me just as terribly. I think I also deflected and avoided dealing with my own issues and problems by dating people I believed were worse than I was or needed more help than I did. And that was my focus was in helping them. But the bottom line is if I was who I am today, I never would have dated them and especially not for years. So what do we do? I think it is astonishing how much influence an unresolved past can have over our present As adults, we unknowingly seek partners who we think can settle past conflict or trauma, but it's usually pointless and very self-destructive. Not only can we not control other people, but true healing and closure has to come from ourselves. So what do we do? The answer is raise your own level. And that's what I want to get into. We have to get ourselves healthier because if we are healthy, we attract healthy people. And I realized if I want to change the quality of people I'm attracting, I need to change myself, change the way I think, change the things I do, the things I read, what I'm consuming, what I'm putting energy into, what I'm spending my money on even. Several years ago, I recall coming across someone I had previously dated. Back when I lived in New York City, he was into finance. He was an entrepreneur. In fact, he was on the show The Apprentice. And I remember coming across his social media because he and I guess his girlfriend at the time, I have no idea if they've gotten married or anything. This is the last time I saw his social media, but I recall it coming up and they were doing some sort of a speech at an event and he was speaking and then he introduced his girlfriend and I heard her speech and I compared myself to her in that, okay, well, I dated this guy, but now look at who he's with. She is so accomplished and she is so confident with her public speaking. And rather than letting it make me feel bad about myself, it was sort of inspirational. Not sort of, like it definitely was inspirational for me just to kind of raise my standards for myself. This isn't something, you know, raising my level. This isn't something I've just recently stumbled on. It's definitely been something that I've been working on for years. It's not an overnight thing. But I do recall that this being around the time that I put it all together and I was like, you know what, I need to raise my level. So I'd love to get into some of the things that I did to achieve that. And I'm still working on it. I think we're always going to be working on it. The only measuring stick is 
Are you better than you were yesterday? Maybe that's a little hard to determine, but are you better than you were last year or two years ago? Or are you making new mistakes? That's a measure of growth because if you're making the same mistakes over and over again, that means you haven't grown. You're still repeating the same cycles. We'll always make mistakes. Let's make sure we're making some new ones though. And like I said, with my musician streak, because for some reason that's what I had been attracted to, and I'm understanding why I am now, but that's a whole other episode. But I noticed that with each relationship up until the last one, which you guys really didn't hear about, you heard about the second to last one over on Shenanigans. There was like another one and a half after that. And I say one and a half because one got started and the other one stopped before it started. They were both very short-lived and that was my doing. The old me would have loved to be with those two people. The new me says, absolutely not. I deserve and I'm worth way more than where you're at right now or what you can give me right now. Not meaning that they're bad people, but I just recognize that I wasn't going to lower my standards in order to be with these people. And to me, that's huge progress. And so I think I can come from a little bit of a place of experience here, but I don't want to come across as if I'm this expert or that I'm perfect or anything like that because I'm still growing. And I feel like if anything, this podcast is a place where we're all kind of on the same path and we're all doing the same thing together and we're sharing ideas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. So the first suggestion I would have with raising your own water level is learning to love yourself. The first thing that I want you to realize is that you are special. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Your odds of being alive are one in 400 trillion, which is so unlikely to the point of it almost being impossible. You are a true miracle. A scientist tried to put the odds of a human being alive into kind of a metaphor. And basically he said, imagine there was one life preserver thrown somewhere in the ocean and there is exactly one turtle in all of these oceans swimming underwater somewhere. The probability that you came about and exist today is the same as that turtle sticking its head out of the water in the middle of that life preserver on one try. Just take that in for a moment. I used to think of this when I would be like, why am I here? What is my purpose? And just knowing that fact, I want you to understand you have a purpose, even if you don't know what it is. There is a reason why you are here. The next part of loving yourself is knowing that you can only love others to the extent in which you love yourself. And this is great to know when you're dealing with people who seem to be unable to love you. It's great to kind of acknowledge that it's what they're capable or incapable of due to their relationship with themselves. So although we can't worry or control what other people are doing, we can 
think about the way in which and the extent to which we love ourselves and put a concerted effort to increasing that love for ourselves. Enjoying our own company when we're alone. Get to know yourself. Spend time with yourself alone. I have learned to love being alone. I love staying home. (laughs) I love ordering whatever food I want to order, watching the shows that I want to watch with no one else's input, or being able to just read whatever book I want to read. And taking lessons is another great thing to do for yourself and increasing the love for yourself, pouring energy into yourself. You want to learn how to play tennis? Take some tennis lessons. I had so much fun taking tennis lessons, and now I have this skill, and it's so random, but if I meet someone who plays tennis, it's like, cool, let's play. Maybe you don't like where you live. Maybe you need to move. Maybe you're an introvert, and you've been trying to pretend like you're an extrovert, and you actually get drained from going out, so maybe don't go out as much, and stay in and reserve your energy. And if you can't think of anything, think back to what did you enjoy when you were a kid? And do those things. And do this all without judgment. Just because we're adults doesn't mean that we can't go run in the grass barefoot. Don't judge others for it, but also don't judge yourself. Be kind to yourself. And then the next thing is we create these distractions from focusing on our goals, from realizing or achieving our goals. And a lot of times it's the relationship that does that. It did it for me for so, so long. I focused on whatever he was focused on. I was there to help because I was the good girlfriend. But you know what I was doing? I was ignoring anything that I actually enjoyed or any goals that I had in life. But I was all too happy to do it because for whatever reason, I was not ready to look into myself and do that work and figure out what it was that was actually going to make me happy for me. What I was doing was putting my happiness on another person, and that is not fair. So let's bring it back to you. Are there dreams or ambitions that you have strayed from? Are you just unsure about your present, but all you know is that you don't like it? Have you been planning to take a class, go back to school, take a trip that you're being called to go on, or that somewhere you've really wanted to go for such a long time and you keep putting it off? Do you need to change your job? You need to do these things. Let's say you're single. You have all of these things that you want to achieve, but then before you do that, you get into a relationship and your focus is now the relationship and you're getting your false sense of like happiness and fulfillment temporarily from the relationship. And also, who are you attracting? You're going to be attracting someone who also has not either realized themselves or are achieving their goals either. This is for anybody in any financial situation, okay? You can be the happiest person in the world making boba tea. I just read an article about this engineer who quit her job to work at a tea shop because that's what she loves. Of course, I'm not going to be naive and say that anyone can just take a risk at any time. Bills, children, finances all play a big part in how you're able to take your risks or make your changes. If there's a reason why you can't make those changes now, but you know that you need to or that you want to, Just having a goal or a plan in place for how you're going to do it or what you can work on every day to get closer to it, that's enough. But if you are in a situation where you can make those changes, just do it. Don't let anything hold you back. Next suggestion, be selective of energy in your environment. I am putting my energy into people, places, 
even media that serve me, that make me feel good, that don't drain me. I am very aware of social media and how it can drain you. And I try to be on there as little as possible. I have my social media down to one account. I am not distracting myself all day, every day scrolling. I am taking in years and years of so many different people's experiences just by reading a book every day. As you know, I follow a vegan diet. That helps me tremendously in so many ways. To touch on it quickly, if I look at a video of a slaughterhouse, if I watch that happen and that makes me feel terrible, that makes me feel bad, I feel empathy for that animal. I don't want that to happen to that animal, but If I'm the person it's happening for, if I'm paying those people to do that, to produce what I'm eating, then I am not in alignment with myself and I feel guilty about it. And you know, guilt is the lowest emotion you can feel. On a spiritual level, what that does is that tells yourself subconsciously, but more importantly, it also tells the universe, you can't be trusted. You don't trust yourself because how can you, if your actions and your ethics are not aligned How can you be trusted? This is a spiritual concept. I fully respect if you don't believe in in those sorts of things and the vibrations and all of that. I fully respect anyone's opinion on that. I'm not saying you have to think the way I do. And I also realize that if you believe in manifestation, you can manifest so much more effortlessly, I would say. I believe that's because I'm living in a way where my ethics... And my actions are in alignment. And I'm working from that higher level on the vibrational scale. You can completely skip over this part of my suggestion if you're not a spiritual person. I get it. It's fine. So moving on. Next thing is to get a community. That's something that you can find through doing the things that you love. Whether it's taking up a sport or joining a cycling group or even volunteering, I've developed such a great community of people through volunteering. And these are some amazing people I'm so fortunate to have in my life now, because we all have a common cause that we care about. And that's a great sense of community. I also have community through this podcast. I think all of us are like minded if we're all drawn to this and these ideas. There's a natural community that develops and I love seeing it grow and talking to new people and meeting new people and being a part of it. Also through doing the things that I love, being in business, I met quite a community of amazing businesswomen. They've built me up and they've made me stronger and they make me better and they're role models for me. So I can hopefully then in turn bring other people up too, like a rising tide lifts all ships. So community is very important. There were times in my life where I felt like I didn't have any friends And maybe I had friends who I grew up with or that I grew apart from or that I met as acquaintances going out, whatever the case was, there were times in my life where I felt very lonely and I felt like I didn't have like that close, close friend that I could call and just talk about nothing to or get advice from. And it was more like, you know, acquaintances and stuff like that or people that I wasn't able to get too close with. And if you're in that situation now, I do hear from people who say that they don't have friends. For me, I think it was a combination of being in the wrong city. This is when I was in. New Jersey. I didn't belong there. No offense. Like I love New Jersey. I love my friends from there, but there was a point where I 
outgrew my surroundings, my environment, and I didn't belong there anymore. And that's when I felt the loneliest. Moving to California, I made so many amazing friends because for whatever reason, we were all attracted to be in the same place at the same time because I took that chance and I left a place that I didn't belong in anymore. But no matter where you are and if moving isn't on the agenda for you, finding the things that you love is a great way to also get a community. And and I would suggest volunteering in a cause that you're passionate about because being of service is the one thing in my life that I didn't always have, but it was the one thing that was always missing. And the before and after of that is like night and day. It drastically improved my feeling of purpose, feeling like I was doing something good and important, and it made the bad days not so bad anymore. Okay, and now my last recommendation is to seek help. Now that can come in the form of friends, family, therapists, yoga, meditation, self-help books, YouTube. It can come in many forms, and I would say don't limit yourself to just one modality try everything. See what works for you. And I think more often than not, there's going to be some childhood or deep-seated issues. And whether you had an amazing childhood or a difficult one, there's always things that will come up in life, such is life, that can be traumatic or painful. And we're not always equipped to know how to heal from that or how to get through it. And it can just be PTSD from a past relationship even. And there were times in my life where I wanted therapy, but let's say I didn't have health insurance or I couldn't afford it. I would seek out interesting group therapy. I remember one time, it was after my engagement. I broke off a seven-year engagement when that relationship ended as it should have. I still had a lot that I needed help with and healing from. And at that time, I was kind of broke. And I was questioning myself as to why do I feel so awful? I would come home, I remember, and I would just sometimes fall to the floor in desperation and pain, knowing that he was with somebody else. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even care anymore. (laughs) But like, I remember how it felt in the moment and it was just, it was devastating and it was shameful because I'm like, this is a person who is out there with someone else and I'm so concerned about what he's doing and how it, how painful it is for me. And this is someone I'm really not supposed to be with. It's completely unhealthy, yet I'm still mourning this loss and it was very, very difficult to go through. So I was trying to seek help in any way possible and I came across SLAA which is kind of like AA, but for sex and love addicts. Now, I wasn't saying I was a sex addict, but I thought maybe I'm a love addict because, you know, I can't break free from this person that I'm not supposed to be with. So I was open to trying any sort of therapy and it was a group therapy type situation and it was free. So I went to several of these groups and let me tell you, there were very few love addicts. It was mostly sex addicts and it was interesting. I learned a lot. But one of the things that I will never forget that I learned in this group therapy was that one girl said whenever she would have company, she noticed she would make her bed. 
but on the days that no one was going to see it, she didn't make her bed. And she realized, I need to care enough about myself and I need to make my bed and treat myself just as good as I'm trying to treat other people and make my bed for me every day. And that, although it always stuck with me, I will admit I don't make my bed every day, but the concept really stuck with me. We can't treat people better than we treat ourselves. And that goes back to my first recommendation was learning to love yourself and you know taking responsibility for all of these things that we've gone through today it's painful and the work to change they may seem like simple suggestions but if you have ingrained patterns change is so difficult and I commend anyone who even wants to make the slightest amount of change you will need help and support along the way so please find those ways to get it whether it is therapy or a friend who maybe has been through it, but just know that you are worth it. I am here to remind you that you are worth it. If I can support you in any way, I am always here for you. Real work takes courage, and I'm proud of you if you're on that journey because we all deserve to be healthy. We all deserve to have healthy relationships. The two are definitely connected And for the longest time, I never really understood the importance of water seeks its own level until I became healthier. For the longest time when I was dating neglectful, abusive, or avoidant men, I thought I was so much healthier than them. And I thought the reason I was dating them was to take care of them or help them. I even had the audacity to think that I was the best thing that ever happened to them. Who did I think I was? I was just as unhealthy, but now I can see I was in denial big time and the thought of water seeks its own level makes perfect sense to me now. I was as sick and as avoidant as they were and my unhealthy partner was me. We were opposite sides of the same coin. If you've been in similar situations, I just want to say don't feel bad about it. Instead, use it as a learning experience Figure out what you may need to work on within yourself with the ultimate goal to raise your own level in the process. And you can steadily raise the standard and the quality of the people that you attract into your life as well. So some things we can keep in mind moving forward is that when we're attracted to unavailable people, it is probably because we are unavailable in some way as well. When we remain in a relationship with a neglectful, abusive, uncaring person, it's because we believe we are worthy of neglect and abuse. When we stay in a relationship with an avoidant person to the point of constantly focusing on why they are avoiding us, it's because we are avoiding ourselves. When we forge a relationship with a narcissist or a deeply selfish person, it's because we believe we have no self. And that goes back to finding the things you love and loving yourself and doing those things that you love. That's why it's so important so you don't fall into this trap. And when we're drawn to drama, we'll either seek it out in the people we meet or we'll create it ourselves. I was so messed up from my long-term relationship and there was so much drama that I equated that drama to passion. And if I was in a healthy relationship after that, I was so deranged that I thought that that person was boring and it lacked passion when it was truly I was with a healthy person and I couldn't recognize it. So I would find ways to create drama or create fights, ultimately breaking up with the person. 
And ultimately, when we're unhealthy, we're going to seek out or we're going to attract unhealthy people as well. So if you have a particular person in mind, maybe your last relationship, someone that you're not quite over, someone that you might be saying, he was a narcissist, she was crazy, whatever it may be, I have one little helpful tip, but then you're going to have to let that person go. You can go ahead and analyze that person as much as you want. It's ultimately going to be a dead end. So what I want you to do is take all of this newly acquired information. You can write down all the things that you want to analyze about that other person, but then you're going to have to apply it to yourself and your own problems or issues. Have you been in denial about anything going on with you? Write it down and then promise yourself you'll be as realistic as possible with who you are. I think that will help put a lot into perspective. And my final thought to you is to treat yourself kindly because you deserve peace. Have an amazing week. I'll talk to you next Monday. Can't you see that I wanna be I want you to know that I'm in